Do it a little faster. You still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the, the Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business, and explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Yes, Welcome to another episode of Around the Way Curls. Hello. How are you, Antoinette? How are you doing? Oh, you want me to go first? Hi. 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 What's going on? <laughs> How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm really asserting myself at work. Oh, yes. And it feels good. Um, I'm getting a lot of praise, but I haven't. It, listen. You praise for asserting yourself? Just for the work that I'm doing. But I will say that I have been having boundaries, which is good. I have not. There was only two nights that I worked hella late and was all stressed out. But there were three nights where I said, I am unavailable. Sorry. That's right. And I had a conversation about what expectations are and how they need to shift. So I'm I'm feeling good. It's just a, anyway, I don't want to talk about it because it gets me upset. Um... But I'm learning, I'm learning how to, I'm learning how to navigate this new brand that I'm on. It's a lot to navigate and it can, yeah, it can be very trying. So anyway, my phone, um, you're going to laugh. You know, the iPhone will say, you have a memory. That's fucked up. See, Androids don't do that kind of yeah. abusive. Well, this memory was triggering. a memory of me and Jade way back in the day. And me and Jade, and I'm like, wow, we look so, like, where are we going? And damned you if and I Jade? didn't remember, me and Jade. Damned if I didn't remember that it was Jade taking me to the tombs to go put money on somebody's books. And I was reminded by my ride or die days. And I was a picture of that before. Yeah, I was like, let's We were in the car. I don't know why we were taking a picture. It was so dumb. She drove me. And if any anybody in New York know what the tombs is now. And this fool that I was dating, not even in a relationship not even with. Not in a relationship Girls, I'm sorry I didn't down, tell you. Dummy. I think I was You were letting myself. me flail. <laughs> I don't. I think I, there was so much going on at that time that, girl. Like, why didn't anybody, and why didn't Jade? Like, why didn't anybody? What was wrong with us? Girl, I what realized, I, I'm not going to blame myself. You want to know why? Because mm-hmm. I was like, I realized that I was in the throes of Hotep ism we got to talk about how the hoteps yes got it fucked up hoteps was like you stand by him yes the system is the problem Mm -hmm. the man is the problem Mm -hmm. he is a mere victim and you know what i get that i really do and i believe it but then i was thinking about him and i was like no he might needed to have been locked up (laughs) based off the shit i know about him and i was like and it wasn't even what he did. It was his way of being. It was ah! how he's a sociopath. <laughs> Carcer- like he's a sociopath. 
truly. And I was Girl. like, what were you doing? And why, why were you convinced that you were being a good woman by doing it? That's around the way Curl's <laughs> blog days. And Yo. she wrote, I wish, I wish, I'm so sad that blog is gone. Cause I the know. way we could look back and I would laugh cr- or no, cry. I would cringe and cry over that. Cringe and cry. I was in there visiting him. I was stressed Girl, out. He was in there putting money on his books. Putting money on his books. A server. I had a. I was a server trying to figure out how I could keep him afloat <laughs> to somebody who's not my. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> not even you. I have come a long way. May we all just take take a moment. This is, if you are listening to this, this is hope. I hope, I gave you two hopeful ass episodes, okay? You can be there and then be less there. Because I don't even know if I'm out of the woods yet. But it's, no, you it's are, tricky you are, over here. This is, that is just not even the same person, girl. And I apologize. I was not well enough to let you, that just shows you your association, who you associate with. Was you needed somebody to be like, girl, what? I'm telling you, we need aunties. Dr. Umar had capped my head up. It was I was groomed for that. I was like, no, I'm holding you Not down. Ten toes down. Knee deep in this. You and me. I know you're a sociopath, but it is because you ain't my boyfriend, but <laughs> you're my king. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> Go ahead. I just want to say this is a public service announcement from the Around the Way Curls that all y'all who have vaginas and men, y'all need to go get your checkups, okay? You need to go call your, you know, this has been in the back of your mind. You know that you've been procrastinating this. You know it's important. I need you to go call your doctor, call your local clinic city clinic if you have to ain't no shame in your game go and get your pap smears queens i have mine on the 10th and like a true sag i must let everybody know and tell them to do the same because i did it first so (laughs) go do that also got a checkup i'm happy to let you know that my liver my kidneys my cholesterol my blood pressure fabulous i know that's right queen so I'm over here surviving, child. Being grown. I love it. Ooh, so excited. Got a dental appointment. I already have my dental appointment, but it's very important as we age. All you men need to get. What do Listen. men need? <laughs> what, go ahead, finish. What do men need to get? All of us, apparently, because of our poor eating habits, the the age that's been raised to get your colon checked is raised now to 40 years old. We ate that. Lowered, a lot of mean? us. What happened? You mean has lowered? Been lowered. What did I say has been raised, raised. has been lowered because we ain't eating right. Mm-hmm. And we got the buildup, the polyps and the cancer. <laughs> we had we <laughs> we never talked about it ain't happened. It's bad out here. The colonics. Did, did you ever get one yet? No, I need to get that's next on my um list is getting Girl, a good I old got colonic. A, I got a thing of three in there. Shout out to my sister for get getting that. me that for Christmas. Listen, I would love to get a colonic. Come I on. need to get. We I have go the together. spot. It's a black owned <laughs> spot right over here. Shout out to Jep Heptep. No. Oh. Hotep. Hotep. That wasn't a joke. That is, <laughs> that, real. that is really the name. 
And it is black owned in Brooklyn and they do an amazing job and they talk you through what they see and they talk you through the experience. They're very gentle. They use essential oils to calm you down. There's music. I need it. And it's aunties. I got to get it. aunties doing it. All of us have to do it. You know, all of us have to maybe even consider fasting for a day. Let that system get cleared. I'm on my way to back to hotepism. Actually, I'm trying to swing back to it. Sankofa moment shout but uh also i wanted to share with these very interesting emotions i've been sitting with my god i am on um the final weeks of my business class that i've been taking it's a 12-week course it's called 10k 10,000 small businesses it's Funded and facilitated, um, funded by Goldman Sachs, but facilitated at the local community college of Philadelphia. I am in the classroom with 32 other business owners. Folks are making millions of dollars annually in revenue. People are selling their businesses. Some people are just sole proprietors, you know, just one person, all different ranges of revenue and experience in that room. All different types of people. It's been really, really um, beautiful. There's like friendships that are forming. We're helping one another. We're learning more about each other's business. And it's coming to an end. And so the course is um, intended to kind of come for full circle. You go through all of these different modules from... Um, you know, you're the leader to legal, to your finances, to marketing, to getting your vision and your mission statement together. And it's supposed to end or the the ending module this week was on your pitch. So basically like, all right, you understand all your business, you know where you're going, mm-hmm. you know the money that you need to make. So we're setting you up to do a mock pitch where you can go to investors and ask for money. And so... I, of course, have not, the the information is so dense, there's no way that you're going to be able to really dive deep into all of those modules and then come by the last week to like be prepared for this. It's all just kind of like practice in a lot of ways. So no, not everybody's ready. I certainly was not ready. I certainly haven't done all my financials. And so knowing that we had to do this pitch I was like, I don't even know how much fucking money I should be asking for. Um, So going in again, similar to what had going on with the negotiations. And this is uh, me really seeing myself already feeling like overwhelmed. This is this just isn't going to be. This is a waste of time. I'm not ready to like do this. And I was a little bit scared that we were forced to pitch. We were forced Mm -hmm. to write our pitch. And they had basically six rounds of pitches six to seven rounds of pitches so you pitched in your own group you pitched with the bigger group and then you pitched with the entire class and so as I was forced to write it all out you know shit was clicking stuff was coming together I didn't have my numbers completely right but it finally like I had kind of an aha moment when I was writing the pitch Um, And when I went up to share the story, everybody was like, wow, this is really good. Like, that's great. And I was like, "Okay." And so out of the 32 students, there were top three pitches and I was in the top three. And I was able to like 
share the pitch with the whole entire class. And I was sitting there feeling so uncomfortable in that in that position, feeling so uncomfortable. Um, like no matter if I was unprepared or if I was feeling like, oh, wow, I actually am doing a good job. Just different types of discomfort, mm. feeling definitely feeling big imposter syndrome. And also, I think what was the most interesting thing, me thinking, me, the, the thing that I was feeling uncomfortable about was that I was feeling proud of myself. And when I really sat with it, I was like, oh, you feel proud of yourself. And this is not something that you often sit with or allow mm. yourself. You will easily, you know, negate it or you'll easily it's not good enough or I have the, all this other shit to do. And I was just like, well, how often do I sit in this and feel proud of myself? Even if it's like, you know, having such a huge day and then coming home and like cooking dinner with Joe and helping her with homework and then laying my head down like that. That was a huge day and something to feel proud about and how often I don't do it. And so I'm just, if there's other folks that are feeling this same way, um, yeah, just sitting with it, just sitting with the, the physical feelings of pride and feeling good and feeling confident and feeling even hopeful about mm. um, your possibilities. So I'm really excited about this class. And anybody that wants to take a business class, they have it all throughout the country. It's just not in Philly. Y'all should look it up. I'm really grateful and proud that I'm nearly done the thing. So sitting in it, being with it, letting it become a way of an emotion that I feel comfortable with. Shout out That's to you. That's it. Yeah, shout out to me. She it's amazing. It. Yeah. Well, we have some voicemails here. And this week, I have not listened to them. We're just going to play them and oh see. Oh, my God. See what happens. So bear with me. As I sort out which voicemail, I'm just going to pick one because um, I'd have to write them on the thing. Here we go. Hey, y'all. My name is Leo, and um, I've listened to y'all's podcast quite a bit for quite a while now. And um just want to say I appreciate everything that y'all talk about and how y'all speak about dismantling patriarchy and, like, actually <laughs> dismantling patriarchy. And, um yeah, just how you, how you guys not center men, I think, Antoinette mentioned that in the last episode, but it's how you guys consider me. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily centering us. And uh, I just listened to the episode about when you guys were talking about Jonathan Majors and all that. And I really think, um, I think a lot of men would appreciate if you continue to have those conversations because we don't get considered in a lot of those conversations about domestic abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, all those things. So, like I said, I as a man appreciate that. So I just wanted to call and encourage y'all and let y'all know that there are there are men that listen to y'all, and are there are men that appreciate what you do and watching both of you grow as people, as individuals, as humans is is definitely a sight to see. And also Antoinette, I think I've um, interacted with you on Instagram. I'm I'm the guy that told you about my men's book club and bell hooks and all of those things. Mm. So I encourage you, Shanti, everyone that is around y'all to read those, read what she says about 
skin and how we are part of this mess and the patriarchy as much as everyone else is. So, um, again, thanks, guys, and best of luck to y'all on everything y'all continue to do. Oh, I remember Leo. Leo, Leo, I apologize. We were supposed to connect. I forget more about what the book club was, but I know I believe that they were reading A Will to Change by Bell Hooks, and I haven't read it yet. And I know I need to. I've read excerpts. You know, I've seen talks on it, but I haven't had the opportunity because still this here flesh has me in a chokehold. Take your but, time, sis. Take your time. Yeah, I think I think the will to change, a will to change is next. Leo, thank you for the kind words. Yes, thank you, it's Leo. And thank you for that offering. The men's is listening. Hi, Shanti and Antoinette. Uh, my name is Amanda. I have, I'm a new listener. I just started listening this year. Um, I was just listening to episode 251, and I didn't even get into the podcast good um, because Santi was just talking about the negative self-talk that she experiences, and that just hit me in my chest because that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now, really heavy. I'm working on it in therapy right now, and and it's bad. You know, I'm I'm one of those people that is so negative towards myself that I can't even accept compliments or people doing things for me because I don't feel like I deserve it or I'm worthy of it because I feel like I'm a failure and no one should ever want to do anything for me because of that Um, or no one should ever look up to me or anything. So I have definitely been feeling something similar, so I can definitely relate to that. So just wanted to share um, that I related to Santi in that moment. yeah, so I just wanted to share that I've been listening to it, listening to your podcast for maybe a few months now. So I'm just enjoying it so far. But that's all. I'm going to listen to the rest of the episode now. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hmm. Amanda was her name. Amanda. We in it. But it's that ain't. We are. What did I say about that? Um, That brilliant white boy on that TV show? We our wounds are not our identity. So you, me, everyone who's working through things, we're just, we're working through it. It's not necessarily us. It's not who we are. Um, it's not T, capital T truth. So just keep being with it and moving through it. Amen. Here's the next one. Hi, Shanti and Antoinette. This is Imani. And oh, wow, I've been that nervous calling you anyway. I'm calling um, after I just listened to, what, 251, um, about the girl saying, you know, she wants to be pursued. And I don't think it's about, like, the chase, like, Santi was trying to, like, question or ask. Um, I think it's more about, like, just literally that, like, wanting to be pursued. And that's dating as a 28-year-old who is out of a long-term relationship, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, I am more sure of myself, right? And so, like, validating, I don't have a problem asking, you know, do you want to go out, do you want to hang out, whatever, whatever. Um, but I think it becomes more nuanced when the men now feel more entitled to that case, if that makes sense. So maybe that's just the man that I'm dealing with right now because I'm frustrated about that whole situation. But I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation to have and maybe, like, um, that's, that's more. I've been having a lot of conversations with girlfriends just around okay, how do you date? How do you, like, let somebody know that they, that you're interested in them, but also, you know, wanting them to also pursue you. So, it's interesting. Thanks, guys. Love y'all.
Shanti. Why me? <laughs> I don't know. You've been going first. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I I I feel like honesty is always the best thing. I think it's. I think honesty is what cuts through a lot of unknowns if there's lots of unknowns do they really need to be there or are you again performing this ritualistic dance that you think you know you should be doing or you're like subtly trying to influence his behavior I don't have the answers for it I don't I have more questions than answers uh, it it's always feels good to be wanted whether yeah. you're a woman or a man um, it's always hard to face any kind of rejection, whether you're a woman, or whether you're a man, like who should be taking on those roles and taking those risks and who should be enjoying, you know, the, being the recipient of it. I don't know. I think both folks should fuck around and see what it's like. So, but if there's like a lot of unknowns, I think that that's a reflection of an a, somebody's not being completely honest which mm. maybe is you know you're working through your stuff you're trying to figure things out but just assuming or thinking a guy don't like you or um I don't know I I, I feel like nothing's wrong with asking and you can ask in a way that's not brazen and and um doesn't feel it feels out of character for you I think but I don't know no I think that I think you I think you got to it um I just I keep thinking about like you know how people always say it's better when the thirst is mutual it's like that it's like of course everybody wants to feel wanted um everybody men women non-binary folks we want to all feel wanted so I can understand I think listening to the clip where she is saying like, I want to be chose. I'm the prize. I don't, I, I think maybe we all are and maybe here are my ass goes, you know, doing that thing I do. But yeah, I, th I think everything you said is it. Just, I think we just have to be honest and move as we move, but also observe ourselves and see how our movement is conditioned by what, roles we're supposed to play if that's what you really want I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that too like hey I like to feel x say that and, to him then yeah like, say it like I really like you but I also like to feel pursued and then that gives come him clarity me. you got the fucking green yeah light. that gives him some clarity be like oh okay or he may be like actually I want to feel pursued and then you have clarity and both y'all can do it just assuming that he should know and that you yeah, I don't know. Just feels like it just sets you sets up for a lot of uh, unknown variables there. We have only we have a fifty minute, a fifty second one. I'm gonna play it. We have time okay. for one more. Hi, Shanti and Internet. This is Amber calling from the Midwest. I'm just listening to episode two fifty two, and I couldn't get past the story that Antoinette told about the man she saw in Trader Joe's. <laughs> I, I audibly screamed out, no, <laughs> because in my life, I'm also single in my 30s, trying to figure out when's the moment to shoot my shot. I've done it a couple of times, but then like I quickly escape after I shoot my shot, so it never goes anywhere. I have yet 
to shoot my shot with a gay man, I'm sure it will come. Other than that, I just want to let you guys know that I love you. I listen to you every single episode, and I'm always, always going to be on your side. Either way, on both sides, because I like to see the bright side and the dark side. Have a wonderful day. Peace. Oh, Amber, duality is a thing. Thank you for calling. Listen, you said you haven't yet shot your shot at a gay man that you know of, sis. <laughs> that you know you of. Listen. I could have been. I re- to the gentleman that I saw at Trader Joe's, <laughs> that brown skin beauty with them Birkenstocks on, I want you to know that I love you. It could have been I'm us. I'm attracted to you. <laughs> Did you guys? I'm attracted to hot. you, but you listened to see the thing is and knew me from there, and you only just wanted to say hello because I was a friends with benefits on their show. And, and also, you don't like women. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that part. Most importantly, <laughs> he wasn't into women. Listen, yeah. the main thing about all of this is we got to shoot our shots. I'm getting better at it. Not really. But I'm I'm getting more bold and I think secure in who I am and like and in accepting rejection. Like, okay, if you reject me, I don't reject me. I think that's the big change. That's the important thing. It's yes. like before yes. it'd be like, oh, if you reject me, then I really ain't got nothing because yeah. I'm rejecting me constantly. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now I'm at this place where like that's I'm it, a right work there. in progress. Yes. Sure, but like I'm not rejecting me. So if you do it, your thing, ladies. Thing. Yes. You 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 ain't been around me now. Uh You ain't smelt me. Smells sweet. Skin soft. Personality ten. The fuck wrong with you? Fuck is on your mind, Kangs. You want (laughs) to be gay instead of with me? What's going on, (laughs) sir? DM me. Find me. There's a there's a chance. I know it. We at least got to be friends and laugh about this. That was that was too much for my heart. That was uh. such a good build up. That was very good. <laughs> Mandy called it. me like, I'm screaming. That was so good. Anyway. All right. Let's take a break. Do you want to sing? No. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. And after that rude and abrupt break, we are back. I apologize. Um, so, you know, it's TikTok, Instagram era. We're all self-diagnosing ourselves. We're all learning from other people's trauma. We're all <laughs> deepening 
our understanding around psychology. And um, I was stopped in my track recent tracks recently by a post from Michelle Kenny, and her Instagram is at peace and parenting. And I've been following a lot of gentle parenting. Um, what do you call them? Pages. And she has one as well. And the text that she wrote that stopped me was, I believe I was my daughter's first bully. And I was like, oh, shit, what had happened? She went on with her slides and she starts describing different ways of how she was showing up in her daughter's life and um, causing insecurity and power, like putting her power over her in a lot of ways. And that was my interpretation of it um, and, and making her feel less than through these really subtle ways of bullying that I think are commonly practiced and accepted in parenting. And I think I know for myself as a mother, um, I didn't necessarily experience these uh, patterns with my own mother, which she lays out and I'll share in a moment, but I definitely see them come up for myself as a mother mm-hmm. and not realizing that the potential threat and the potential harm that this is creating in my daughter and in the ways that I'm inviting her to um, one, not trust herself and two develop this codependency on my validation and my approval. And so she goes down the list of what she considers bullying. Here's what she said. She goes in quotes, it wasn't what I set out to be, nor did I believe at the time what I was doing was bullying. Now looking back, I know I was bullying instead of supporting her. Number one, if she didn't do what I wanted to, I threatened to take away her most prized things and activities. Two, if she made a mistake, I would shun her and withdraw my love as a way of showing her how much power and control I had. Three, If she was unkind to her sister, I would isolate her and not let her out until I was ready to. Four, when she talked back or tried to stand up for herself, I would reprimand her and shame her. Five, when she was good and calm and quiet, I would love bomb her, praise her, and make her feel secure and wanted. Six, sometimes when I needed her to do something, I would bribe her with a special reward or treat. And she would feel good about herself in those moments because there were so many, there were so many, mm, child, I don't know what I wrote there. There were so many other feelings to be confused about. So that hit, that hit. I think, yeah, I think a lot of parents unknowingly do these same things. I think she even talks about and touches on the idea of a timeout and that being isolating your child when they're acting up or they're acting out um, as a way of punishing them or teaching them lessons. And I've been listening to Gabor Mate and I talked about, um, I talked about this with Nana and his whole theory is all around attachment styles, right? Mm -hmm. And how 
depending on the trauma that a child experiences at a young age, it will, it's the, it leads, it creates the foundation of their attachment styles. And so, so much of the Western philosophies around how to handle your children um, is really traumatic and really creates attachment styles that, you know, but they're not secure attachment styles. They they create insecure children. They create mm -hmm. pu they instill this idea of punitive punitive punishment. They really um, support this idea that children are disempowered and that parents have all the power and that parents deserve all the respect. Yet we don't really teach children what respect is, and we're not really respectful or offer them a lot of space to emote and I think a lot about black communities especially um what's his name Tenahasi what's his name Tenahasi Coates in yeah. his book you know he talked about how in a lot of ways that was a survival mechanism for black parents it was like I'm a if you I'm gonna whoop your ass before your life could potentially be taken. Like it was a safety measurement. Mm -hmm. You better stay in line because you think I'm gonna hurt you. This I'm doing this out of protection. And there's always been discussion around, you know, how white people treat their kids and the difference between black people treat their kids. But often there's this like um, practice of corporal punishment with black people in a particular way. Like you talk when you're spoken to, you have a lot of respect. And then with white people, there's this really unhealthy boundaryless and often manipulative way that they handle their kids as well, which often creates this weird attachment style. Um, but I think I'm, I'm not at either of those extremes. I don't hit Jolie, not that I have never hit her, but there it's this, it's this, it's in these subtleties that this woman highlights that I can definitely see how you can instill insecurity in your child. And it made me reflect on my own um, relationship with my mother. And not to say that she's, hasn't been a bully and often doesn't still bully me, but her, her mode of doing it um, is a little bit different than these examples here. And so I just want to discuss it with you because I think every person is going to recognize a way that they were um, possibly disempowered as a child and even talk about these dynamics of disempowering children and disrespecting children and dishonoring their own innate ways that they want to emote and want to like act out to get attention or have their needs met and how it's just culturally like no like be quiet be good you know yeah I am um, the consequence of that I I think I'm reading this and I'm I I understand that any one of these without some sort of balance can be very detrimental, but I think something that would help me understand because right now I, I think that there are, there needs to be consequences to things in order to learn, but I'm very much open 
to understanding a different approach. So what would help me is if we went by like down each one of these and talked about what the alternative approach is. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. So number one is if she didn't do what I wanted to, I threatened to take away her most prized things and activities. Mm -hmm. And so for me, rather than focusing on or teaching your kid how to, I, I don't know what the things that she wanted her to do, but in my mind, if it's like, you know, tie your shoe, take out the trash. Especially when we're talking about, and let's let's say uh, we we can use Jolie as an example. That's the mm-hmm. age that we can focus on. I think it's, I think it's far more. Actually, let's actually go younger because what studies say is the ages between one and three, or one and five, are the most critical development periods of your child's life that like that's where their attachment style is set in and then moving forward you're just kind of course correcting what was laid down foundationally so let's let's actually you're not going to be telling a a kid at those ages to take out the trash well let's just say then let's just say we want the kid to um i don't know put put away their toys after they play with them right? The kid's three years old. That's about the age. Three or four is the age where it's like you start laying the foundation of putting your toys away when when the kid is little. And I think a lot of times parents in our own immaturity or in our own impatience, and because culturally that's what we're taught is in order to get something done, you have to take something away from somebody else and that's going Mm -hmm. to like there's this fear tactics there's this punitive way of handling kids not considering that maybe they don't know how to do that maybe they just cognitively are not in a place and they need modeling a lot of ways before they can before they can start doing these things that we want them to do and again it's just like this this power struggle of trying to under of of what you say goes versus trying to understand what is actually the the disconnect with why this kid isn't putting their toys away yeah i think though when you forgive me and again i don't have kids but if it's sorry it's loud outside my apartment if it's a situation where it's jolie's age and she's just refusing to listen then I would say there needs to be some sort of consequence so that she could, and and it's real fast. And it's not without you explaining like, Hey, you are not listening as a result. I need you to understand that there are consequences to this kind of behavior in life. Like that's how I was spoken to sometimes, not all the time. But when, when my dad really got down to the nitty gritty, he would explain to us why we were having these consequences or said punishments. He was like, I'm using this basically as a tool for you to understand that when you get out of this house, there's going to be consequences to you not doing what you need to do. If you go to work and you don't do your job, you might could get fired. And it, and it wasn't just now there was definitely a hierarchy in the household. And sometimes there was absolutely that power struggle of, 
No, you do it because I fucking said so. But I think that was after you done explained it to me and I still ain't listening. So now it's if like. I'm, if if so, I'm telling Jolie to do something over and over and she doesn't do it, mm-hmm. my go-to is disrespect, right? My go-to is Absolutely. that she's disrespectful, she's lazy about something, and that she, this is going to show up in other parts of her life that's going to be, just like you said, detrimental to her. Those are the things that flare up in me and cause me to then say, to say, I'm going to take this thing away from you. Um, it, it caused a reaction that is, quote unquote, consequence, quote unquote, a punishment, quote unquote, you're going to feel some type of discomfort because you're not doing this thing. Yeah, that, I think that I think that's exactly what my dad was doing. But what he how he was delivering it was different. The same things exist. There's a consequence because you're being disrespectful, you're being lazy and you're not listening. So th- now there's th- a re- now there's a consequence. So but I'm, it's not without me explaining to you why so that you don't internalize it as you're bad, you're this, you're that. It's You're acting in this way. I know you can do more, so do it. And so My, that I, there's a shift there for saying. me. I, I completely understand. I think what needs, what I'm interested in exploring is why are those the three things that I go towards mm-hmm. thinking that that's what's going to happen. What she if, can't take out the trash so she's lazy. She can't take out the trash and she doesn't have any respect for me. She can't take out this trash. She might fail in life. And this is going to be in regards to her homework, in regards to her ability to be a upstanding adult. So what should you be I go to the root of why is that my, what am I projecting onto her versus understanding why isn't she taking out the trash? Is it the time of day? Is the trash heavy? Is she not able to remember to take out the trash? Is she, if she is angry and she's doing it subconsciously towards me, mm-hmm. why is she angry at me? Mm-hmm. What, what is it that is making her quote unquote defiant? Because the assumption that your kid is automatically defiant and at the risk of failure and I have to do something to stop it that's going to hurt her potentially mm-hmm. to make it stop is not empowering her and it's mm-hmm. not supporting her. It's not even inquisitive and offering her an opportunity to help us solve this problem and figure out in herself like, yo, I know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. It becomes this, I have the power, I have the answers. You don't know anything, you're, Fucking, you're jerking me mm-hmm. on the low. You're lazy and you might be screwed. So let me figure this out. Let me knit this in the bud ASAP. And when it, it could be a cognitive thing going. So I think this, I think this idea around peaceful parenting or gentle parenting is trusting that your kids aren't against you, aren't inherently disrespectful or defiant. And that punitive punishment isn't what could actually invite change or invite um, cooperation. It's like, let's make this a collaborative thing. And if you have a little kid, it's a whole different story. Yeah. But if you want, if we want to stay with Joe, 
we no, that's a great can. You, that's why I wanted to go through this because that yeah, yeah the the assumption that, that I need you to explain it to me because I'm so conditioned to because I yeah. know that w- I was fully capable and maybe I'm coming from my uh experience I was fully capable of doing half the sh- most of the shit if 99% of it that I was being asked to do I just was lazy defiant I don't and then one do it. I don't know. And maybe a little sad. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe it was that. Who knows? Maybe I don't if know we would have been more inquisitive. I like that. I don't know. I didn't say I it was inherent, but there was just certain shit I didn't feel like doing. I'm more talking about that kind of stuff. But if there was behavioral issues where, yeah, I don't know. Keep going. This is helpful for me. Um, And again, I, okay, we can go through this. That if she made a mistake, I would shun her and withdraw my love as a way of showing her how much power and control I had. This is awful. We don't have to explain this. No. Even the way I'm describing my dad explaining this to me, there was not, you're not, there was never, you're not shit. It was, and you should it, feel shame. I think also to be, and I, I, I know that there's levels to this and I know I've done the same thing. Mm. And it's not of like, oh, good, get away from me, closing door. I'm not talking to you. Energetically withdraw. I'm angry at you, and you're going to feel me being angry at you. And again, it's this consequence thing that is marking this, this, um, that uncon. The love is is not unconditional. It's finite. Can I ask you so I understand fully what you're saying? Were you doing this? And purposefully, so she could feel it. No, it's all unconscious. A lot of this, again, is just parenting. It's all unconscious. It's all foundational to what our beliefs are in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. It's all foundational to our own conditioning. It's all foundational to our own um, consciousness in a lot of ways of how we're behaving. Um, But I've, I've, I've felt this in my own mother, and I've seen shades of this in myself Mm -hmm. and I see it now in Jolie because at some point she's learning all of this from me but if like she does something again it's a withdrawal and so then then it, it doesn't create security right like even in our in our our romantic relationships this is normalized and I'm not saying like yo I need space from you Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's one thing to say, I need space in you for a minute. And I think a healthy way of doing that is like telling your baby, like, I love you so much. I'm upset. Mm -hmm. I need to calm myself down. I need some space from you. And partnership, that's also reassuring. It's like this securing energy of like, we're good. Our baseline is always good. It's unshakable. But sometimes that's not said, and a mother will just withdraw. I'm angry. Some mothers with fume for hours. Some mothers fume for days. My mother fumes. Judy got a grudge now, which causes insecurity. But in she a, would do it. A, that's why I asked. Baby, she would do it kid. on purpose. She oh, wanted yeah. you to know. Yeah, which which is bullying. Well, for what for what she says, it's like an energetic bullying is what she's saying. Number three, if she was unkind to her sister, I would isolate her and not let her out until I was ready to. Now, this is a tricky one for the timeout theories. Um, so I was what's about the alternative? This. Yeah, what's I was the about alternative? This life. Like if what? I'm if I'm not being 
if I'm being mean to my sister as a child, and I'm truly asking this, and I won't stop, and I'm harming her basically, what do you do with me if you're one person? I would think that you need to get me away from her. If you're one person, child, that's 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 a lot. I think when I see um the Gabor Mate uses this as a as a reference. And he talks about, I mean, he didn't, you know, context is everything, examples are everything. But if it's a habitual pattern that you're hitting on your sister or acting out in a way, of course. Acting That's out different. as a way for somebody to get their needs met, right? Of course. But a lot of times people assume that this is just what siblings do. You just act out. We're going to isolate this kid. We're going to put this kid on timeout. What he's proposing, and I'm going to go back to uh, three-year-olds. Uh-huh. Because this is where I think shit is ingrained in us at this young age. I see... um he talks about how these kids are just learning how to regulate their emotions in a lot of ways. And if a child's hitting or acting out, he's wanting his needs met. He wants some intention in some way. He's, he's needy in a, in a deep way, in a way that is disruptive and violent. But he's, they're asking for their need mm-hmm. to be met and to be seen in a particular way. Yes. So when they're in their most vulnerable state, that's a vulnerable state to be in. When they're in their most vulnerable state, which when we talk about the color, Willie, no, maybe he's not crying, but anger and acting out and hitting and being violent is all, could also be considered vulnerable state. To put them in another room, it is to take them away from everybody else, is neglecting them when they are in a very vulnerable, needy space, when they actually need to be close and potentially reassured in some kind of way or talked to and again it's all yeah it's all um has to do with the dynamics that are going on what's showing up are they jealous are they who knows but the act of putting them in another room and saying you can't come out until you're calm down until you're better is is asking a child who does not know how to self-regulate and they're doing yeah. their best to have their needs met to do that themselves by themselves. And they're so then they get insecure or they learn my needs don't get met. So, so if I, you, this is great. No, seriously. If you get, if you are one person, then what, do, what do you offer? What's I would actually, if I, if I were in that situation and knowing what I'm knowing now, because I, I, my mother is the stashem queen. <laughs> yeah. Put that baby away. Uh-huh. This, this, um, this is a wound for me because okay. when Jojo was crying all the time, that was what my mom would say to do was to go like put her away uh-huh. when Jojo was a baby and like was just, she needed something that I wasn't. And she was sensing something that like, because I was a single mom, because I was exhausted because I didn't have like community arrest or like everything was unsettled. She didn't get I, she didn't get it from me. But what I would say is that if you're a single mom and your kids are fighting, I would I would ask the sister, I don't know, I would ask whoever's getting hit to like, that's not okay that you're being hit. I'm sorry that he's doing that. I would have the pers- the child that's being hit 
be present while we're like talking about how that behavior is not mm -hmm. right. It's not good. And tell the child that you can't, you can't hit her. You can't be unkind to your sister. I don't know. She's very important to me. You're very important to me, you know, and work through whatever it was that caused that uh, mm -hmm. riff. I don't know. I, I don't know. But this idea of putting kids in timeout is like, oh, when they're acting out again is the baseline assumption is that this kid is bad. They need to learn respect and they need to learn consequences because if they don't, they're going to be dysregulated, fucked up humans. When in fact we are supporting their dysregulation and isolating them mm -hmm. when they're the most um, in need. Yeah. Um, when she talked, Number four is when she talked back or tried to stand up for herself, I would reprimand her and shame her. Again, this is big in the black community, child. This is I hard. Think, this is a hard one. I think this is um, the, the talked back, if she would have shifted that language to say when she, I don't know, something. But the talked back in to me implies disrespect, whereas there there wasn't, I would have hoped that there would have been more space for me to ask questions as a kid and not in a, in a respectful way where I understand these are my parents, but like when they didn't take the time to explain something to me and why that was the rule and, you know, to ask like, well, wh why you can't just be like, well, why, you know, the words whiny kids or whatever. And you're really just being combative. You're not really asking why. But like, and I don't know if a child, if every child has that capability. So maybe we're asking a lot for kids, but I think that goes to, for me, I, I don't think there wasn't room for me to talk back to, to my dad, to my mom. I got away with it, but then I caught hell when my dad got home. The, but I, I feel like I wouldn't have talked back so much to her had she met me with some, a little bit more respect and like explanation because her mm. she would just lash out mm. and it'd be like i don't even understand why you're acting like this like mm. i you're literally just taking your shit out on me but when they did take their time specifically my father i there wasn't a whole lot of barking back it was conversation i don't yeah. know i think how the child learns how to communicate is is all an example yeah, if you're setting so the example. Shit. You're teaching them how to communicate. You're teaching <sighs> them what space they have to take up space. Are you asking them questions? Or are you just telling them things? And again, it all goes back to honoring and respecting that kids have feelings. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's an irrational 90% of the time. Yes, it's immature. Yes, it's out of context. Yes, they don't understand the consequences, why they can't have ice cream it immediately. But the the shame and the reprimand and the shortness and the lack of time for their feelings to be expressed, I think does a lot of damage in the long run. And a lot of, um, it affects their ability to trust their feelings. Mm -hmm. Can I say this? Is this safe for me? I feel this thing, but am I safe if I say this thing? Mm -hmm. Will it be heard? 
And it's a child. Listen, I um. What happens? But there are things that sometimes I feel like sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes it's like, who are you talking to? Like, but also like I I can't actually explain this to you. You just have to trust me. Sure. And 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 you're not. It's not age appropriate to explain or or whatever it is. Absolutely. You just have to trust me. And I guess that's you're a maybe you get better luck at building that kind of trust with your kid when you do do a lot of, you know explaining and there's more understanding between yeah. the two of you we um just this morning i had to i had to be like girl was that necessary i was getting dressed for the day i woke up i had, I knew i had a lot of work to do so i wanted to go to the cafe start doing work jolie has a um a school a report due so she was going to do work as well she comes into the room where are we going we're going to a cafe. No, immediately. You, you we're going where I want to go. I don't have time to be worried about where you, you know, where you want to go. Either you're going to come with me to the cafe where I attend on going or you're going to stay home. You know, that was it. And she's like, <laughs> and then she just kind of like wanders out of the room. She's like, okay. And wanders out of well, the room. What, and what I was would like, you have wanted to do differently? I would have wanted to know why don't you want to go to the cafe? I would have taken a breath. I w- it wouldn't have been like mm-hmm. the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to go to the cafe? The reason that she didn't want to go to the cafe is because she has a poster board that she needs to do. In her mind, I can't work on my poster board at a cafe. There's not enough space. But immediately it was talking about we're going to a cafe. We're going where I'm going. This is my day. You're off. This is I'm on my schedule. There was no space for her to just share rational thinking quite logically like bro we can't go to a cafe i got like a three foot poster board (laughs) and i had to go back in and i was like yo i'm I'm sorry i understand why you know whatever i explained like we'll work on the paper then when we come home we can work on your uh poster board but it's just so ingrained to be like yo shut the fuck up and do what we doing like and i don't think it's i don't think for you specifically it's a result of you not caring not caring to know what she's doing it's that you're tired and it's and, and it's and not necessarily in your stressed tired yes, stressed and so it comes out that i think the subtext of that for you was just do with the like listen i got a lot of shit to do please fall in line make it easy for me please that's that's my every day that's been yes. since the day she came out the womb is this high level of like this is it i think i hear black mothers especially the level of um the impatience that they have mm-hmm. i do not have time to hear you i do not have the emotional capacity you're like the stakes are high let's go don't i fuck didn't up. have that kind of space i didn't have that <laughs> i don't have that space in any other part of my life how am i going to give that to you and i might not have the tools to don't even have the tools wrap my the mind around giving you the of space. that the consequence yeah. of that the consequence and i don't know if we talk about it a lot of black mothers with their boys i mean girls mm. catch it too but i will hear women who are very rough with their boys from a very young yeah. age. But just like you said before, um, 
it took me a while to understand but uh, the community stepped in. If you, you don't have the bandwidth, if you're in survival mode, you don't have the bandwidth to be conscious, to live from a, you know, to, to have this level of self-awareness. It's do or die. Let's fucking go. Like, that, that's all you know. Um, when she was good and calm and quiet, I would love bomb her, praise her, and make her feel secure and wanted. I mean, we all know the good girl thing. Yeah, of course. When you're good, you're seen. When you're good, you're cared for. When you're good, you're safe. And then the last one. Is she saying that you shouldn't only do that then? Like, of course, you should praise your kid. And but love bombing. We all understand. Okay, it's it's manipulative. Got it. Okay. Six, sometimes when I needed her to do something, I would bribe her with a special reward or treat, and she would feel good about herself in those moments. I ain't write this correct. I'm struggling this one. <laughs> I don't know what this says All right, because I'm I didn't like, write it correctly. Sometimes when I needed her to do something, I would bribe her with a special reward or treat, and she would feel good about herself in those moments because there were so many others to feel confused about, I think is what she said. I mean, Dr. Andrew Huberman says that <laughs> treats fuck up your dopamine i don't know I, this one i feel like i mean i don't know if this is bullying but also you wrote it crazy and i don't mean to bully you <laughs> so i'm just like i don't know like giving somebody a a reward for quote bribe unquote, her good not a reward bribe her like yo but i feel like she's convinced that that is bribing her oh you mean like that like bribe like if you do this you you get this done mommy will give you this treat if you're quiet child you get all a's mommy the least worst one on here moms y'all tired and stressed (laughs) go ahead and bribe them damn kids Uh, i don't feel bad about this there's so many other ways to fuck up a kid than giving them some bribes listen i don't know about Man, I, th- this was really helpful for me because I, I, when you first read this, I said, child, what kind of, how are you going to raise the kid? Where's the consequence? You touch the stove, you're going to get burned. You got to learn. But I guess the stove could lovingly burn you. I mean, the stove is I'm one playing. thing. I'm playing. I'm being the an asshole. The stove is, is Please one thing. Please don't think I'm serious. No, this was really helpful. This yeah. Was re- this was helpful for me. I wanted to go into our own relationships with our mothers, but that's another. Um, that's a whole other that's thing. That's another child. thing. Cause I think um, there's a saying that the way you speak to your child becomes their internal voice, their inner voice. Oh, and I think that connecting, you know, some of the subtle ways that our mothers or fathers, parents showed up, have lived with us are in us. We could do a part two next week. We did like eight episodes on fucking relationships. They liked it. The people the people got the people going. <laughs> they was like, Child. oh, polyamory relationship anarchy. Say less. <laughs> but but anyway, check her out. This I is, gotta uh, try this with blue. <laughs> blue. I got a See soft that. parent you with blue. Regulate blue. Look at her. <laughs> you know me. I'll be like, blue. Blue is an old woman. She set her ways. Okay. She's like, I am who I am. Should have did this the first six months of my life, child. Child, I try. It was her aunt. I'm telling you. Shout out to Tina. No, Y'all thank should you for uh, this. Check out Michelle at Peace and Parenting. There's another, I'm going to have to, I couldn't find her name, but there's another incredible black 
Michelle's white, but there's another black woman there. I was about to say, Michelle's black? Gentle parenting. I don't have her handle, but she's brilliant. She offers a lot of scenarios where you can like figure out what the alternatives are because that's again, what I need. We I don't would know what book. the alternatives are. That's, so we I, think that's it's not like, possible. I'm like, walk me through it. Help me. What but I remained open. Shout I out did. to you. I did. Um, and then if you want to listen to Gabor Mate, he's scary because he's like, you got the first three years and then that's it. Then it's just you just correcting <laughs> the errors that you made. I was oh, like, God. what? But he's G-A-B-O-R-M-A-T-E. If you just like look him up in uh, parenting, he he really talks about the importance of creating a secure attachment with your with your child and the benefits of that and how you set them up for success in life so that they can make money, get married, buy a house and not have to pay taxes. Wow. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Around the Way Carols. All right, Shanti's ready to go. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>